Well, I'm not a millennial. They know nothing about Office 365. After a good single malt, you sound like one. What can I get you guys? Oh, the usual podcast whiskey, something unique. This is a well-stacked bar. We've got a lot to cover, Steve, so let's pace ourselves. Or an extra whiskey tonight for all those cloud technology heroes. That's just an excuse. We are the heroes. What are you talking about? Our podcast, Office 365 Distilled. Episode 49. That was epic. It was. It's going to screw up my sound signal, so I'll pay for it when I try and mix this down later. Yeah, let me, let me try to boost my audio by putting some of these... Uh, Panty pads in front of you. Yeah, I actually put them all on the walls uh, earlier this week, but they all fallen off. I did say to you that tape wouldn't. It does make a little bit of an echo because obviously you're listening to it from a speaker. So yeah. I get a. I noticed when I was mixing it down, I actually get a little echo on your voice. Yeah, and that, and that kind of sucks because I was really taping them all to the walls. If I would turn my my camera, you will actually see that they're now all like this double-sided uh, tape on the wall everywhere because that was it's, where they all were. But they all fallen off. I've got it's no called, idea why. It's called modern art. Yes, probably, <laughs> probably. Not so sure if the landlord would agree with that, but uh, yeah. Well, it's been a heavy couple of weeks, man, and I seem to be starting. It's Monday night for everybody else that uh, doesn't know we record this on a Monday. But, you know, I could really do with some good news. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want you anything do you to wanna... share? Do you want to hear some strange news? Oh, strange news. Yes. No, no, no. Strange wait, wait, news. wait. Let's, let's first start off with good news. So remember back in the good old days when we were supposed to get out and when we went to this thing called Ignite? I do. Is that what we had? In Florida. A lot of fun with uh, John Levesque and a bunch of friends. Yes, yes, I do remember so very much. So you remember that. Matt Wade, you remember Sean Boogler. Correct, I they do. Have now I even remember done... the Mexican restaurant that we actually went to to eat together. Exactly, that one, yes. Um, they, are, uh, they just started doing a uh, weekly uh, Microsoft Refresh uh, show on YouTube. Uh, all right, on, cool. Uh, all the stuff that is coming out, that Microsoft is saying it's coming out, and they're just looking into it and, and giving some context uh, on that. I just watched the first episode this morning. It is pretty fun. It's uh, it's very well done. So kudos to those guys, and I'll, I'll definitely include, include the show notes for that as well. Cool, cool. What's the show called? Uh, MS Refresh. MS Refresh. Neat. Yeah, I should I put think, that on my watch list. I think that is that is definitely something that every company that is involved in Office 365 or Microsoft 365, we should say now, I think every company needs to weekly or bi-weekly look at the message center, look at what is coming out and take action plan stuff, do things with it. And I think that is one of the topics that we're going to discuss later on as well. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I keep on top of everything just the same as you do. Mm -hmm. And I go back to my customers and I go, hey, guys, what are you doing about IE11 that's still on all these laptops? Well, we'll get around to changing it eventually. Okay. Uh, as of today, in fact, because we're recording this on November the 30th, IE11 is not supported for MS Teams. So if you're a company that uses MS Teams on the web, I say, then you're not going to be able to answer any more phone calls anymore. Seriously? Oh, yeah. If you're a company and you're using IE, I think it's definitely time to change that up. Absolutely. 
Yeah. But I'm the only one that raises my voice because I'm the only one that checks the stats and the roadmap and everything else. And Yeah, but we you know. need it because this little piece of software that we created 15 years ago and that 5,000 people are still using and we don't have the money to rebuild it in a proper new way or we don't have the time, which equals oh, we don't man. have money. So we can't upgrade from IE to something else because it's uh, legacy software that is running. I know exactly how you feel. Yeah. Anyway, I I teased you a few days ago that I was going to say something very weird on the show, that I was going to have a major confession to give on the show. A confession? Yes. It's a confession. It's confession time. I think we should put some 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 nice kind of music underneath this one. There we go then. Just a minute. Yeah, that doesn't work. Try this one. Oh. <laughs> no, that one doesn't work either. Uh, I've got matter. dramatic piano. Doesn't matter. We we can do that post production. <laughs> That's true. We can do that go in post. <laughs> I always <laughs> want to say that. <laughs> All right, then. Go on, then. Spill, man. Spill. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yes, I'm because ready. Because, you know, it's been 2020. It's almost the end of 2020. It's been almost. such a weird, effed up year where everything is going wrong and everything is going weird and everything is not as it should be. So... I think after the corona, after lockdown number two, after whatever life is throwing at us, this really shook me to my core. Two weeks ago, I got an email from a customer with a link to a newsletter in Sway. (laughs) I liked it. I loved no. it. I loved it. No. I loved it. I loved a sway. I liked a sway. You turncoat. You turncoat. I know. I know. I know. I know. It was it was just so well done. It was so well written. The it it just looked apart. It was so awesome. I just fell in love instantly. Wow, man. So have you now found a reason for Sway's existence? No. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> that could have been a PowerPoint. But I mean, it was just <laughs> it was just so cool. And I was just browsing through the newsletter and there was just images and text and it just it just felt so whole. It it, it really whole? felt it gave me a feeling that I was really browsing to a digital magazine that you couldn't have done with a PowerPoint. It really, it really came across as being a well-rounded solution. That was it. It was just great. I mean, it was just a really great experience to browse through this way. Okay, so let me get this straight here for a minute. You, you're telling me you still have not found a reason for Sway's existence. Because then you said, and I quote one minute ago, no, they could have done it on a PowerPoint. And then 10 seconds ago, you just said, it was so cool. It was like being in a digital magazine that you could not create on a PowerPoint. Your words. It is called denial. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the river in Egypt, but it's called denial. Yes. Denial. I like it. Oh, well. Well, I am so glad somebody managed to impress you with a sway, my friend. Cause, yes. You know. Yes. And I have to say also, I said that before uh, before we were recording, it, this year with all the changes, it also reflects in my choice of whiskey later on. All right. You got a whiskey with the word sway in it. Let me have a think. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, no. You've a got change. a whiskey that tastes like a digital magazine. It's a change uh, in the world as I know it's it. A change. All right. Cool. Oh, well, that will be interesting. Well, I have a whiskey that I just cannot believe approaching 50 episodes that we have not tasted before. 
So okay. you're going to sit there and go, oh, yeah. But okay. they'll have to wait a little bit for that. They'll have to wait. We'll surprise you, each like, other with that. Give, give me a country. Give me a country. I give you a country. Uh, Nigeria. <laughs> I mean the country oh, you mean... where the whiskey is from. <laughs> Sorry. Well, ask the right question. Um, it comes from, I'm going to say the home of whiskey, but I have no idea whether that's true or not. So it is from Scotland. Oh, oh. I, I was actually 99% sure you were going to say Ireland. Ah, uh, yes. I have been after my Irishes just recently, but no, no. This is, uh, I was just going through the bottles thinking, yeah, we've tasted that, we've tasted that, we've tasted this, we've tasted that. Well, not sure. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, we have not. No. And I had to go and check our notes because I, I, was, I was so certain myself that we would have tasted this. So anyway, I don't know whether anybody can work it out. You can okay. get to the end of this podcast and you went, yes, that's what I was going to say. That's fine. And uh, we shall see shortly. Now I'm but before then, I suppose, curious. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was also, was also thinking the other day that it's only I did I did the count it's probably not quite right now but it's only 14 weeks before we get on a plane on our delayed Japanese whiskey tour yes and now with all the big companies coming out with vaccines it actually seems like it is really gonna happen yeah so if you guys weren't aware we we had booked in September in replacement for the non face-to-face ignite but um we uh we're going to japan uh we're going to visit uh five distilleries on a road tour and uh we're going to record it we're going to do podcasts from there we're going to get drunk we're going to eat some great food um we're just going to have we're a blast experience the weird country that japan is oh yes i am so so looking forward to this so looking every time there's a japanese television program on i'm addicted to it i keep sending moraine hey you should watch this yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you know uh, i uh, i have i i think i sent you the name of a, a sushi place it's one of the oldest sushi restaurants in tokyo it's a and it's a hut that holds nine people and yes, uh, <laughs> typical yeah it uh so yes so anyway so that's 14 weeks away uh but it's not a japanese whiskey as i said it's scottish anyway yeah we, we kind um, of need to save all the japanese tastings for when we are actually in japan um yes and i think we should set ourselves a kpi <laughs> a key whiskey indicator now a kwi yeah, KWI, a key performance indicator. So we should work out how many different Japanese whiskies we're actually going to taste and record tastings of. So we should go at least, what, oh, eight a day? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many different kinds of Japanese whiskey we're going to come across. And are we going to limit ourselves to single malts? Well, the questions. Have, have we ever around. limited ourselves to anything? No. That okay. is true. That is true. actually. I did have some fun the other day. I came across our recordings from Spain. So uh, I don't know whether people realise this, but we also have a second podcast that we're looking at launching. Um, by now, it'll probably end up being in the new year, formally launched. But uh, we, we're recycling some of our recordings. It's called Whiskey at Ease. Um, there's some of our old recordings on there if you want to go looking for it now. Uh, but I found our Barcelona ones from that wonderful bar where we attempted to do, or I attempted to where, do... A... we were doing a yeah. thing. <laughs> yes. I tried to compare the uh, Woodford Reserve and the Woodford Reserve Rye, and uh, wow, <laughs> we were drunk that night. Uh, it really was. So, yeah, we'll see. Anyway, we have just spent the first 10 minutes talking about whiskey again, as always. So uh, that's not really true. Of course, you had your great sway news. I wanted to talk about the role of Office 365 or Microsoft 365 administrators, uh, consultants, service owners in the role of digital transformation. Mm -hmm. Okay, we both have been involved in organizations where we've rolled out Office 365. We still are. We probably will be for a good few years coming on. But it always ends up being tagged alongside somebody that is deemed as the 
digital transformation team, you know, and they kind of get in there and they, yeah, we're going to change the way the company thinks. So well, how are you going to do that? Well, we're going to transform the work they do digitally. Okay. But, but, is that really true? Because for most of the customers that I've been working with, they actually don't want digital transformation. They just want business as usual. They just want to go ahead as they always did. Uh, but they just want to, I don't know, get rid of their service. So they're going to the cloud. But it just needs to work exactly the same as it was working before. I, I was giving a training last week to a new customer. And they just came from uh, SharePoint 2010 and they went to uh, Office 365 and they had an intranet. So instead of creating the new intranet on a communication site, they actually created a team site for that because that was how it looked in 2010. And that was the minimal, the minimum part of resistance towards the new solution. So okay. screw digital transformation. We just want everything to work exactly how it was working before. And did they say why they wanted it to work exactly the same as it had worked before? Yeah, to, to minimize the amount of change for people. Because okay. people, so they didn't really as, want I, to change I don't know it. if you already heard this, but people don't like change. <laughs> yeah, maybe you need to find a company that you can really make a difference on and actually go and make a change. Yes, maybe I should just find better customers. I, I get that. Okay. No, but but all right. The many of them, when they go to the cloud and they go to Office 365, they have to change whether they like it or not. Yes, that I do agree. Yes. So the real question is, what is the minimum amount of change that an organisation needs to go through, and what is digital transformation when it comes to Office 365? The bottom line is, if you're going to trans transform something then you are changing it. We're changing it from a yellow Camaro to a bloody big monster that actually, you know, comes and defends you from the aliens of space. I mean, we're talking about that kind of transformation at one end. But the other one is that minimum stuff. The other one, as you say, it's not really transformation if all you're doing is changing the back end. But if you're upgrading those applications and if you're upgrading them in Microsoft's timeframe, there is a minimum level of change. And if you put the word adoption in there, then you kind of have to approach this in a completely different way. But I was talking to a team that was trying to help the management of change team by formalizing their training a little bit. So what we, you know, it, what happens is that you get a management change team, they set up ambassadors, they kind of do training courses and information sessions. You get the tech team and they kind of do those one hour, hey, this is how to use a document library and what metadata is and, and all that. And, and that is change. Actually, it's training and it's an upgrade. But what this transformation team wanted to do is to formalize a little bit. And so what they did is they took it to the next level with the help of Mark and, and the infrastructure team because they had no choice. And they basically said, OK, uh, I'm going to go into a department and I'm going to find out what they need to change. Then I'm going to customize the training and I'm going to show them and teach them how to do it and measure how they did it. And then I'm going to measure the change. I'm going to transform them. Now, I don't know whether that was digital transformation or whether it's just high quality measured training. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But either way around, they couldn't do it without the change team. They couldn't do it without, you know, the consultants and the SharePoint contractors. Business team. analysis, all that process kind of requirements, the epics, the user stories. All those kinds of things. Yeah. And those are, you know, and meeting those and measuring those is one thing. So what is out there, what does digital transformation mean if it's not actually taking people or driving people to a particular new way of working? And how can they do that without the SharePoint and the collaboration teams? It's true, but is, is that always a problem? I mean... People have been working for a bunch of years 
in a certain way always optimizing the process or well should be always optimizing the process <laughs> trying to optimize the process yes, exactly so closer. at some point you get new tools with new capabilities it is definitely a good idea to look to see if you can't further um easify your process simplify is that the better word yeah i was i was thinking of a word but i couldn't really find anything so yeah to to actually find a way to better implement your process or better refine the the, the thing that you're working on i get that but also um, we there there are there are so many more um requirements these days around security for example security now is much more important than than it was a few years ago we've got compliance rules that are now much more important we've got work from home which wasn't really a necessity nine months ago i must so, really try doing some of that yeah <laughs> we've got something it. if we want to transform an organization you should try and work in the office that's a kind of big change. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I, I've known customers that weren't really having that, like working from home. Why? Why would you do that? Why would you want that? And now last week I had people crying at another customer because they really wanted to go to work and they were so unhappy that they had to work from home every day. They just couldn't take it anymore. They were borderline depressed because they needed they had to work from home and they really want to go back to the office no so, i i have a lot of colleagues in the same way well a lot of colleagues i have some colleagues the same way uh but i was i was in a a, a, a risk meeting um looking for an exception for some work i was doing and uh it was interesting that they were trying to work out how to safely get contractors to install software on their mainframe systems because, you know, there's nobody at the office to stand over their shoulder and watch them anymore because it's all done remotely. Yeah. But they were saying, we're doing it differently today. We will do it differently tomorrow. And we will probably never do it the same as we used to do. Exactly. Exactly. So that transformation is, is mandatory. But what about continuous improvement? You sit there and say there are organizations that don't want to change. If you look at sort of uh you know the sea level sea level articles you know uh, organizations unless they have some kind of continual improvement in program then they'll never do things cheaper more efficiently they'll never be able to go uh, to bring the right price to their customers it is so there's a level of called, change in there it's called government customers <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 no Let's get no, real no, no, no it's not just that it's not just that but exactly no, no, no. as you okay. said just in case anybody noticed that was a moraine joke all right just just to you know i don't want you to walk away with the wrong information here um <laughs> no mr taxman i was just joking yes <laughs> this is adding value to our customer base honest um but going back to the idea of continuous improvement, so digital transformation is about kind of setting organizations up to be constantly aware of those changes. And let's be honest, if you're in Office 365 or Microsoft 365, I really must get into the idea of calling yeah, it Yeah, me now, too, me too. Then you are going to have to deal with continual improvement, whether you like it or not. Uh, there's a great new feature that's just popped out in the document library on SharePoint site. Um, where you can add a link to that library into your OneDrive. Have you seen that? Yes, yes. Dead cool. It Dead is, easy. It is absolutely cool. Yeah. Because it also transfers into your sync. It does. That was brilliant. That was When I saw that, I'm thinking, oh, I vaguely remember reading something about this. Oh, hey, I wonder if it will click boom. Wow. I like that. Actually. That Click is that yeah. cool. That is definitely the best thing happening to OneDrive this year. It is true. But it's such a simple, easy fix, isn't it? So how yeah. do you tell people about that? How do you true. Get them to realize they don't need to go to their SharePoint libraries yeah. to get to their content anymore? Yeah. 
And, and and I have to admit, the first time I heard about the feature, I was really thinking like, who wants to have something like that? Why would that be useful? Me, please, sir. I love that. I found it useful immediately. I I didn't. I I I, st- I really had to take a look at it, and I was like, oh my, this is a this is a life changer. Yes. Uh, but that's part of the fun. So anyway, I so going around this fact that um, you know digital transformation is only really going to work if you have a good solid team doing the adoption and bringing in these changes and everything else, and a program that keeps them well informed. But if you want to digitally transform your organization, where do you start? Do you first look at the processes? Do you look at the tools that you've got in place? Do you look at the current digital literacy level? Where do you start? Perfect question, because I was about to get exactly an answer for that. Oh, virtual think, high five. <laughs> think, yeah, perfect. So I was actually thinking along the lines of, of how, how to put this together. Um, and I think it needs to start off in uh, across three phases. I don't know how much time you need between the three of them and still working that out. But the first question is, what is my transformation? How can I change and improve continuously in terms of what can I do? Okay, so let's assume that I work in, and I'm just pulling one straight out of the air. I am a member of the marketing team. And so I have to look at what I do and what my core applications are. And I kind of have to make an effort to say, okay, what am I going to do this week that is new from all the things that I do? And admittedly, it may have nothing to do with Office 365. It may be, you know something, I always complain that I get three copies of that in my in-tray and there's always a link between those two copies and I always have to repeat that kind of work. So if I am going to transform, how do I know what I can transform? Who do I need to talk to? Should I talk to the IT team? Should I not? All right, can I work this out myself? But it's a case of really wanting to make that change on a personal basis. So the first thing a digital transformation team has to do is to set up the organization to want to change, to see the benefits to the whole organization, to reduce the costs, to be more efficient, and actually to make your life easy and give you more free time to actually think and innovate, um, basically, you know, reduce your costs and be more efficient. Is that the, the A in ADCAR when you talk about change management? I have no idea. What's the <laughs> A in ADCAR? I forget. You know, I'm very good at these acronyms. No, uh, let me look that that up. Let's let's just assume that it is (laughs) awareness, isn't it? Yes. Awareness of the need to change. That you, awareness of the need for change. So, and ask me the question again. So is that kind of like the A in ATCAR for the change model? Yes, it is. Funny you should say that. <laughs> Boom. Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, no, but and, and, but and I think I think it is so profound that you say like everybody needs to make that up for themselves. So it's not a manager that can say, Okay, now we need to digitally transform ourselves and we all need to go into the twenty first century and we all need to do Star Trek technology. But it is actually, so it's, it's kind of a weakest link thing, right? Kind of. I mean, it's funny you should say the manager because that's my stage two. So we'll come back to that in a minute or two. But I think it needs to be the, the realization that people, we know that people have to be aware uh, that they have to change themselves. But at the end of the day, they also want to need to want to change it has to be made to be worth their while either i'm changing as part of a team we're all going to change and i want to be part of it or oh my boss says that i get a kind of a 
a free gift card from Amazon if I can find a way of doing something quicker or more efficiently, or if I go and pass this certificate on, you know, agile basics or flexibility, or, you know, some, some incentive is often useful at this stage in the game. Um, but sometimes that incentive can simply be, you know how really difficult it was to answer your emails in the morning? Well, hey, there's going to be a new email that comes out just to review the stuff you did yesterday. And it's going to remind you of the things in your email you said you would do so that you can make sure you don't miss things. So you won't have to necessarily make a bunch of notes at the end of the day to say, hey, tomorrow I need to do this. Because part of the transformation is going to add value to you in this way. And you're going to get Cortana saying, hey, yesterday you said that you would blah, 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 blah. So that may be some bonuses or benefits that you're trying to sell. If only she could also answer those emails for me, that would even be better. But oh, patience, my friend. Patience, patience, patience. patience it will all get there. Yeah, true. But also, so, you're you're talking about from an employee perspective, but sometimes it's also good to get somebody from the outside on board to look at a process or a company in a holistic way to actually look at the process from A to Z and where it fits in the company and, and how other processes that are linked to this process could maybe drive some more change. I, I think that's true, but I think that's business transformation. I think that's about lean thinking and efficiencies. And uh, yes, obviously, once you start talking about Power Automate and some of these wonderful workflow tools that can really tie in, then I think you are talking about those kinds of things. But for me, any kind of digital transformation has to start from the individual. And the reason for that is, A, because that's where the change actually takes place. But uh, also because unless they're enthusiastic and working towards those kinds of changes, then they'll never do the business process change like, you know, being part of a, a digital workflow or approval process or being driven by things externally, you know? I mean, the agile process in, on its surface, everybody goes, hey, yeah, I take ownership. I'm part of the delivery team. But the key attribute of agile is measurement. And so there's at some point you suddenly realize that when it was fun creating those story points and user stories, but hey, I'm suddenly being measured on those user points and story points, user stories and story points a year later, because, you know, that's what they're used for. So being able to make sure that that's part and the transparency is key down to the individual. That's also good that you're talking about measurement. You're measuring these things because, as you well know, we talked about that last time a little bit. We've got productivity score now Ooh. out where we can actually measure the rate of adoption on how we do meetings, how we uh, collaborate, how we do document management, stuff like that. Yes, I, I think there are tools that can certainly help the digital transformation yeah. team. So what I, what I really wanted to say very shortly around that productivity score, it got kind of a bad rep this week after uh, a well-known uh, Austrian security guy said something about this is not GDPR compliant and your manager is now spying on you and this is a spy tool, this is not a blah, blah, blah. So he went on a rant and I kind of wrote a blog post about it. Like, you know, you, when you go to productivity score, when you turn that on, which is turned off by default, if you turn it on, there's only a few people that are allowed to see it. So your, your direct line manager is probably not one of those. But if he is, and if if you're if they're seeing the the whole uh, stuff, they can drill down until employee level. But that is something that can be turned off. So have that discussion, do that conversation. Very important. Make it GDPR. It's, it's part of your government's questions. Hey, we're going to turn on productivity score. Exactly. Hey, you can't do that. How is that protecting my people? Well, actually, we have these settings to do. Do you know you can actually change the settings that get sent back to Microsoft to monitor your system? 
Yes, I saw that. I, I included that in my blog post as well. That oh, cool. maybe you don't want to have uh, Microsoft employee level data on how people are using their services. Correct. Yeah. So you get two levels. You obviously have a bare minimum that obviously maintains and supports things like AI and gives that feedback. But then there's a bunch of stuff you can say over and above. Uh, and you can make that choice too. It's all sent anonymously anyway. Most of this data is anonymous data. But yeah, and, and, and I, I, honestly, I also saw, um, <laughs> because there was, of course, this talk about with the new vaccine and the 5G, that's just an excuse for the government to put some spy bots into your blood. And I saw a really funny uh, cartoon around that saying like, yeah, but all you do is watch tele all day. So I'm pretty sure that MI5 <laughs> or the government will have a field day looking at whatever you do. So yes, exactly. So I, to be honest, I don't care what Microsoft gets from me. I mean, it's, it is I'm not with that most things. interesting. So let's assume that we've now digitally transformed or we've prepared the individual for them to kind of work better. There's then the next stage of digital transformation, which is transforming my team. So mm -hmm. I now have a bunch of people that are willing to be transformed, that are willing to take on new tools and, and new ways of working. And now as a team lead or a manager, I kind of need to keep that momentum going because I'm the one that understands what my division is actually trying to achieve and where our areas of improvement are. Plus, I'm probably the guy or lady that is now aware of what Power Platform and that kind of transformation and efficiency needs to do and needs to deliver. And unless I can start to identify those things, then I'm going to stall or hold back that transformation. I'm not actually going to drive it forward. And so when it gets to transforming my team, there's all kinds of areas that you can start to actually help your individuals improve continuously. But also looking upwards in the organization at kind of roadmap epics strategically then that's where you can start to say, you know, we've been doing that this way for about 20 years and I need to find a way where that can be made more efficient or we can electrify it or we can put it onto mobile devices or we can make it so that people can communicate directly from the end to the beginning point. I'm the kind of person now that can see that and with the encouragement of my team, then I can actually transform the department in lots and lots of different ways. None of which works unless you've got the buy-in of the collaboration team or the service owners for your Office 365 stroke, Microsoft 365 environment. Okay. So what would be traits from, a, from such a team? So they have to be curious. They have to be willing to change what's the d in adcar uh the desire to support the change there you go so when your manager comes into play and says guys you remember that we've been doing our budgeting process this way for the last four years i want to actually automate it by um, looking at some of the tools that will look at our past budgets what we spent on time, what we haven't spent on time. I'm not checking you guys. This is all about continued improvement. And let's sit there and work out how the system can maybe make some decisions for us or we can automate that part of the process or even kind of forget it. Let's, let's take a left field swipe right approach to something and let's just not do that bit anymore and see whether it actually affects our efficiency and to see whether we've been doing that for the sake of it because somebody said five years ago it would help if you do that let's just stop it and then measure it in two weeks time and see and there's a willingness to do that so if you don't have the desire of the team the team won't change which is why it's so important to do the my transformation bit first and then move on to the team transformation bit and the reason that i was thinking about this is there are hundreds and hundreds of things that can change because you have moved across to Microsoft 365. There are, there are huge numbers of them and they're never ever going to change you 
unless you actually change and adjust to them. Exactly. That is very true. That is very true. So that brings me to, to the whole... So that brings me to the place where most of the time where I come in, where a company says, look, Maran, we are willing to change. We bought Office 365. Now you need to tell us what we need to do in order to become a better version of ourselves. So tell me what Office 365 can do. Teach us so that we can use that and do the actual change. So you provide the K from Adcar. Oh, so you looked it up as well. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. No, uh, no, no, no. It's, hey, it's, I was thinking K. It. Kettle, no, knowledge. No, yeah. I, I actually I actually um call that the chicken or egg moments in within a company within their digital transformation towards Microsoft 365 is they now they know their processes they know what they want to do but they don't know office 365 i know office 365 but i don't know how they want to work or how they work right now or what their what their things are so that's the the whole chicken and egg moment so that is where we come together during half a day or a day and and share that knowledge so that we can work some stuff out. Yeah, I think that it's it's not about knowing what they do. It's about knowing what they need to achieve. So it's not how they do it. It's what they need to achieve. So, A, we need to make sure that these forms are filled out completely. The budget figures is, is tied onto it. We've identified where the budget code is. We then move it on. That's what they've been doing or how they've been doing it rather for the last five years. But what is it you're actually achieving with that? And it's the understanding and it's their ability to demonstrate the skills they take and their current behaviors. Ooh, ability. Add car. Yeah, there's the fourth letter. <laughs> so and I know this shit works. I know we can laugh at it, but this shit works, you know? At the yeah. point in time, I need to change my behavior. And if I'm going to change my behavior, I need to tell you about it so that we can work out how I have just transformed, how my behavior has changed. True. But the thing is, with Microsoft 365 being an evergreen solution, is you're never done with that change. You're always ah. changing. And that's where comes in, this idea of reinforcement. Because it's, it's all right having a permanent change in place. And, and Tony and I talked about this uh, just recently as well. Um, so, yes, I have a new way of doing. I've identified a, a potential saving here. I have the desire to change it and the knowledge to understand it. I have the ability to change my behaviors. And I then reinforce it so that change sticks. But the problem is that it shouldn't stick. Because I'm actually going to go back to the beginning and start looking at the awareness and the need to change. Because... These things are always interconnected. Yeah. yeah. Most most of what we do now is communicate. Hey, on Teams, I update a document, you know, and somebody else then changes it behind me. I receive an approval for something, and then when I've approved it, it goes on to do something else. I receive 200 emails a day, each of which is communicating some form of action. I'm getting messages all the time. It is a big circle, this communications process, mm -hmm. and yeah. change is the same thing. Yeah. Okay, you have to kind of go through that that process uh, of understanding where we're at. I I had a, a, a funny old day today where um, we were basically looking at what was required for a, 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 an, an intranet application, and it was interesting listening to all the people in that call. You know, the people that owned the intranet were saying, um, "Hey." We know what we want. We've already told you people once and twice and three times because their perspective, their scope is, I just want it to do this better than it did before. But for me to be able to understand how to improve that, then I have to go digging down into a bunch of questions. 
but they're busy doing something else. You know, listen, I don't have to tell you this again. It's the 70th time that we've been through this. But the bottom line is that they have the ability and understand. And if I have to try and reinforce some kind of change by, hey, making this a better or an easier or a better way to do it, then we need to understand it. But I don't need to go nuts. I don't need the end-to-end -end big picture of what I'm trying to do. I just need to work out what little increment piece of change we can put in to do now. Because when I change this bit, somebody will change that bit. Somebody will affect this. It will affect that. And so that digital transformation, this idea of my transformation and my team's transformation, because of everything being so interconnected, then it moves on to the old, we've changed, the enterprise transformation. And the only way you can go there is if you take it in those stages and it grows and it expands and it goes because somebody changed here and then somebody else changed and somebody else changed. And basically the whole point of a transformation is that small stuff that we do. We upgrade their applications. We move them into an email system that integrates with all of their data. We provide the messaging capability with the possibility of being able to connect things together on our project mocker board that says that task, that email, that document, you know, that site, et cetera, et cetera. It's those kinds of tools, that kind of approach that actually does drive that digital transformation. And if we are not there to actually identify those skills, those abilities of those new tools, the organization is not going to transform. It'll mm -hmm. change a little bit. But whether yeah. you'll ever get to the R to reinforce that change without those tools and the knowledge that the tool owners and the service owners bring, I don't think anybody will ever change. True, true, true. You know what? There's, there's another change I feel. I feel <gasps> my throat drying up. Yes, so do I. So I feel so that I. there's a, a, a change needed into whiskey in my throat. <laughs> Some whiskey in your throat. Okay, so I'm actually going for a peaty, smoky whiskey. You haven't yet, peaty. I know, I know, but this, <gasps> this one I revisited just recently. There's a Scottish uh, peated whiskey that we haven't tried before on the podcast. If I'm going to look at it, and if I'm, I'm probably going to bounce my head against the wall, feeling so silly that I didn't do it. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> we didn't? No, we did not. Oh, my. That is, that is one of my favorite whiskeys and mine. in the world. And I can't believe it. Listen, and I'm not going to tell you guys what it is because this is our secret now. That this, this, is, this is just awesome. Did you do this distillery on your tour? Yes. There you go. So this is the um, Carol Ela, 12-year-old, wonderfully peated Scotch whiskey. It's Look, if, I mean, I'm showing Moraine how much is left in this bottle. There's quite that a lot. So much. Mine is almost empty, but I know that when I take the last sip, the next day I will go to the shop and get another bottle because that is just a brilliant whiskey. It is absolutely. Yeah. I like some of the words on the bottom here. A whiskey appreciated for its balanced, fresh style. And it's that word true. style. No, you know? it's true. It's true. It's true because. For the last few weeks, I've been tasting a bunch of whiskeys. And this weekend, I was looking at the whiskey and I was looking at one of my Artbeg bottles. And I grabbed the Artbeg 10 and I poured a glass and I drank it. And then I just sat down and was in awe of <laughs> how amazingly good that Artbeg 10 is. It is. In fact, I, I did look at that one today and think we must have drank an Ardbeg on the podcast before. Yes, so, we did. We did. And I actually did. have an Ardbeg for us to taste in one of... Actually, the, the next episode that we're back together, I will have you an Ardbeg. And it is one that totally disappointed me. Oh, I look forward to that. And then if, <laughs> and then if I really like it, I'll, uh, I'll keep it. And... Uh, 
I'm just gonna use But no, this. the Kalila. It it also the the distillery. It it is it is an uh, amazing journey to to drive towards because uh, it's it's a big distillery. It is uh, one of the uh, five Johnny Walker distilleries, so it is part yeah, of Johnny Walker. Um, it it's a big one, but it's is just unbelievably beautiful you get a nice view of the of the water of the of you have a nice view of the island of Jura which is next to it 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 is it's it's brilliant and it's a typical isla bunch of peaty flavors it is just brilliant ah this this whiskey is not just about its peatiness and and that kind of smoky wonderfulness but it it has style about it that is different to most of the other whiskies that i've tasted from the aisle you know so you know okay maybe ladeg is a, an exception um actually i came across a 10 year old yesterday when i was wandering around my local store and i was kind of tempted uh but uh but i also tasted the 12 year old uh, ladeg i had as well the other day but anyway the Carolina, this does it in a style that that uh, is just really, really special. It's subtle in terms of, of where you're going with it. The smokiness is there, but it's kind of nicely blended in with whatever fruit you can taste that, I, that is kind of orangey, toasted. But it's nice. I'm just, uh, yeah, microphone is about to go quiet. Here we go. Mmm. <laughs> oh, that it, is it, just it, a brilliant it's whiskey. It's a lovely drink. Yeah. And it goes on and on and on. And it's and it's really smoky. It's really peaty, but it's not harsh in any way, shape, no, or no. It is rounded, it is light even. Yes, great word. Rounded. Light is better. I didn't want to say that. But, no, uh, because it's heavily peated, so it can't be light. But still no. it is. It's <laughs> style. That word style is just absolutely superb. Exactly. So it, is, sure. it is what separates a Lagavulin 16 from an Ardbeck 10. Ardbeck and Lafroig are just nasty. I'll fuck you up. They're not nasty. Kind of they will fuck you up, but they're not nasty. No. I like them. But the Lagavulin is so elegant. And I believe, for, for my taste, the, the uh, Kalila is very close to that it is well well-rounded elegant whiskey that is it's lovely yes it's a velt it's a, a velvet smoky taste it is smooth and soft exactly and beautiful yes, yes. There you go. I enjoyed that. I had seven minutes just talking about that awesome oh. whiskey. And uh, I'm now going to find out what you have in mind. Yeah, because I could just grab the same bottle and just uh, pour myself one as well. But since I began this podcast with this bombshell confession. Um, sway. The sway confession. I kind of felt like this had to get another part as well so 2020 is a super weird year and a lot of crazy thing has happened and a lot of change has happened so we've been talking about change all the time and i have to say that my taste in whiskey has also changed very much you and me we did a whiskey tour uh somewhere um barcelona late... no no not barcelona so in mechela at the molenberg oh yes yes, Carole yes. Estate. yes yeah yes and there we both bought a bottle of whiskey and we tasted it afterwards and we hated it <laughs> I bought a Molenberg Oloroso Sherry Cask and I just freaking hated it. It was the worst thing I've ever drank in my life. It was just That's because it's sherry, mate. Because nasty. it's sherry. <laughs> now, two weeks ago, I was looking at my whiskey bar. And I was looking at this 
Oloroso cask. And I was thinking, hmm, like last eight to nine months, I kind of, I'm kind of into sherry casks. Keep so pushing it to the back. <laughs> maybe, maybe I should try that again. And and actually, look, look at the bottle. Look how oh, much. Oh wow! I freaking love this right now. I tasted it a few weeks ago, and I was just amazed at the tones of dark chocolate, of raisins, of fruit. That that cherry. And you know what? I've been doing a little bit of research on this. So this is a 36-month-old whiskey, and it has never been on bourbon. It has only been on Oloroso. So it is distilled. It is immediately put in those Oloroso barrels, and it is they, it, it never left them for 36 months, and then they're poured into bottles. Oh, wow. So not only... So it, do you think you like it now because you know more about it? Nice. No, actually, that knowledge doesn't do anything to me. But it is super weird that a year ago, I just couldn't stand the smell of this whiskey. But now, I, it, is, it is one of my go-to whiskeys in my bar. It's amazing how things change, isn't it? It is it very, is. very true. But it's a bit like when you take a, a, a sip of whiskey to start off with. And it's only when you take the second sip that you start to get the depth of the whiskey. So potentially, you know, you could have had a good curry the night before and drank the whiskey and your taste buds weren't there. It's so, true. But I'll do the same. I'll go back to my Molenberg uh, because I tend to leave it in the back of the cupboard. Uh, and in fact, when I went to my local store yesterday, he went, oh, yes, and we have these Belgians, mate. And I'm sitting there went, no, I don't like that at all. <laughs> don't let's ignore that. Move on. Anyway, I can see your smiling face over this poor video because I've just seen you taste it. Yes. And I I kind of understand why I didn't like it before because it is a really intense flavor. It's kind of like the Edradur and like the, the Dolmore that are just putting that sherry flavor in your face. So I know you will definitely not like this one, but me being into all sherry flavors these these few months, I it's just, it's heaven for me. Yeah. Well, I have to say these last few weeks, I've had in the back of my mind that I should try and remove this uh, bias I have against uh, sherry whiskies. <laughs> I've been I've been doing a lot of research ready for our whiskies uh, YouTube series that we're starting. And one of the episodes we're going to be running on is comparing some petered whiskies and um, uh, that are linked and these things are linked from 120 years ago and and i'm really looking forward to telling their story and and, and some stage when we get ourselves together um, but it comes from an organization that bought barrels of whiskey and realized the value of maturation of actually placing things in the right barrels to get the right flavors. And I'm seeing more and more weird whiskies being dropped into more and more weird barrels. Yesterday, um, I was looking at the Teeling because um, Teeling's petered. You pointed out a few weeks ago they bought a, a petered whiskey. And somebody said, I yes, well, no, no, look. Bottle. Yeah. Really? What do you mean almost? I, I had a long drive in my really small car and I couldn't fit it anymore. <laughs> but um somebody pointed out the um the uh, pineapple the roasted pineapple teeling in the in the the room cask and i kind of went yeah and i'm thinking no i get so surprised by these whiskies so at that point i thought you know i should remove any bias without tasting because i wonder how many whiskies i'm missing because i think that they're sherry and when we did the wild weasel weasel last week uh, they do a sherry version. I'm thinking, I really enjoy this single malt. How do I know whether I'm missing something? So I am going to stop hating sherries, and I'm going to at least start tasting them again. So Yeah, but I kind of feel like this is... It's, it's the same with Coca-Cola, bringing out cherry cola and diet cola and zero <laughs> cola and pineapple flavored cola. And it's the same thing with gin and gin and tonic. And oh, yeah, but we've got 
25 different gins and, and 150 different tonics that you can try with blueberries and peppers and this and that. And it kind of feels like the same thing. We just want to sell you all kinds of crap. So that's why we're changing everything and doing finishing and maturing. And so what is the added value? It's not always good. It's not always bringing added value it's just sometimes just doing stuff because we can not always but mizanara oak barrels does add something <laughs> rather special <laughs> true true yeah and i was uh, i was looking at um uh, one of the whiskies the other day um uh the uh, tamatin one that uh, we picked up actually that we bought that small bottle on the way to barcelona yeah yeah, it, it turns out when I was looking at this that it was matured in cherry wood barrels. So I kind of thinking I must retaste oh. this again. So something would have missed. And yeah, it's been an interesting week as I've been kind of looking at a bunch of stuff, uh, kind of working out where we want to go to next uh, and uh, and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, we love this. I absolutely love this. This this whole rediscovery these last few years as we approach episode number 50 you know uh yeah the whiskies that we tasted but we have never tasted coral ela which is big surprise and i'm glad we managed to fix that one and yeah uh, that is that to bed. that's kind of weird yeah so what else we've done so we've tasted you've gone back to your sherries you did a belgian whiskey which i obviously you're enjoying because you're finishing it off and of course if you need to refresh it it's only a what 40 minute drive away from you exactly and as you know they're they're doing a yearly special release uh, i saw it yesterday yeah yeah so they they released the 2020 uh last week so i'm gonna get a bottle of that as well yeah, you want to start asking the question about that 10 years because they've been now distilling for 10 years. There is bound to be a 10-year bottle somewhere. So, uh, but, that, but that's cool. Uh, and then we, we ended up moving into Adcar to talk about digital transformation tonight, which was yeah, also I, really quite interesting. I honestly didn't link those two together. No, not until you first started it, nor me. But it uh, it's nice to actually have a an acronym that you can apply to a practical model or to something that kind of makes sense. It's true. Um, yeah, it's true. And of course, it's also one that you can loop. Adcar, 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 as you you know constantly get updated and and new ways of improving. Maybe it is time for us to really learn what those letters mean for once so that next time we do record a podcast around it that we actually know what we're talking about and what the letters actually mean i knew what they were anyway <laughs> well i did know that a was awareness that one i did do without any help uh, and then i have to say as i started to move on i thought yeah let's just do a quick look up on here and uh, to get them right. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I did. I promise. I promise. I promise. I listen. I I press. I promise. I swear on what's left of this. <laughs> what's left of this glass of whiskey? <laughs> I... <laughs> Which is empty. Yes. Okay. Oh, surprise! Surprise. Oh. All right. Listen, we've done an hour and three minutes again. I always think that in today's day and age, our podcasts are a little too long, but. Uh, you know, people don't travel, so they don't get to listen to them. So maybe they should be a little shorter. So uh, I enjoyed this. It was interesting. I always enjoy talking through some of my weird ideas. And there's certainly some, uh, yeah, there's some value in this somewhere. Got to kind of work out where it is. It's always to be found because uh, this morning, early this morning, I was writing down our episode 43, where we were renaming uh, office applications. <laughs> and and I'm I'm always finding gold nuggets every time I do a write up of of what we were, have been talking about. Yeah. Well, I put a I put a call out on Twitter the other day to see if anybody wants to join us on our fiftieth podcast. Um, I uh, I really am of a mind to try and do a a bit of a, a virtual meeting, uh, the way that we did last Christmas. Uh, might might not. We'll see where we go with it, but. Uh, you know, maybe digital transformation is something we can talk about as, uh, you know, change. It has been a year of change with some of our nearest and dearest. But 
yeah, everybody's busy. But anyway, 50 is our next one. Maybe we'll just do something normal. Just straight normal. Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> because it's been such a weird year. Let's do something normal for once. Yeah. With the, with the coming changes, will we be able to do this one together? I think so. I think so. If we record it on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, we can. <laughs> According to the new lockdown rules, that on the 24th or the 25th, you can actually have a meeting with one person. I'm not suggesting that we do it on that date, but uh, yeah, there we go. Uh, okay, okay. As Maybe you we say, should just do it outside with 1.5 meters between us. We could do that. We could go and do somewhere, somewhere strange. I don't know. We could uh, choose a, an outdoor location and record it there. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely swipe left. I get that. All right. Well, anyway, Steve Dolby here saying goodbye. I uh, hope you've enjoyed this uh, podcast. Uh, it's been good fun. Um, it's been a very tiring week. These podcasts always surprise me. The uh, Coral Elo whiskey that's been sitting in the back of my cupboard was adorable. And if you're looking for a Christmas present, put that on your list. Uh, the 12-year-old, uh, if you like, petered whiskey. Highly recommend it. Moraine. Thank you very, very much. I really enjoy talking this through and your questions are always making me move on and, uh, and think at a deeper level. And bringing that ad car in was a uh, piece of genius, my friend. So as always, I will hand over to you to say goodbye to our great and wonderful guests. Sai Steve, if you want to put any messages on Twitter and follow me. And uh, I will, of course, try and remember to reply. So bye from me and over to Moraine. Dear people, have a wonderful time even with these strange times try something different try talking to people in the organization that you haven't been talking to check up on them to see if they're all doing okay um, try whiskey that you haven't been drinking for quite some time maybe you get surprised as well and then just be nice to everyone listen to our show let us know what you think about it. Let us know what we can improve. Let us know what you like. Let us know what whiskey you like. Let, give, give us some ideas. Maybe you're saying it's about time that you guys taste this one. So we had a few weeks ago or a few episodes ago, we had this amazing whiskey. I can't remember what it was called, but it was just amazing. And then when I wrote about it on Twitter somebody said I told you so and I was like oh shoot it was true he did tell me so anyway try revisiting something that you still have in your cupboard try talking to someone just see how they're doing be kind be kind to yourself have a good day have a good evening have a good morning wherever you are and see you very soon on our 50th episode thanks Bye. Ciao. And don't worry, dear listener, I'll get to edit most of that out later. <laughs> See you later, guys. Bye. If I give you a bottle, will that help you hit the road? That would be awesome. If only we could put whiskey in the cloud and build an app to download it straight into the glass. And you said I was the millennial. All right. Out, out. Thank you, miss. See you next time. Oh, Steve, you know what? You know what we forgot to talk about? Next time, Moraine, on the next Office 365 Story.